Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Welcome to the Push Buttons Podcast, where the Word of God frames your world. The Zigzag Have you ever found yourself in a dilemma? One where you had no clue what to do next? In such moments, oh, how you crave to hear from God on what exactly to do. An instruction in that moment is literally worth everything. You just know that once you obey that instruction, everything else will fall in place, right? Obedience has such a strong impact on reality. Oftentimes, the size of our obedience is so little relative to its capacity to turn things around in our favor. So, David was once in such a dilemma. After one of his war trips with his men, upon his return to Beziklag, he realized that the Amalekites had made a massive raid on their town. They had burned down the town and carted away the women and children, the wives and children of David and his men. Suddenly, all the men decided it was the fault of David, the leader, <laughs> that their town was burned down and their families kidnapped. The burden of leadership. Hmm. The same man who also lost two wives and children to the raid is suddenly the reason for the distress. How convenient. But that's the reality of human nature. People in distress rationalize until they find someone to hang for their predicament. The hanged head may not even be the right head, but it matters little to the heart that needs respite, as long as there's a hanging. So they all turned their backs on David. David looked everywhere and there was not a single person on his side. But he knew the Lord was on his side, so he encouraged himself in the Lord. He asked the Lord if he should pursue the Amalekites, which I find weird. I mean, who asked God whether to track a phone that has just been stolen? Like, the level of priesthood David showed is just unreal. But then the Lord gave the nod and he said he should pursue, that he would recover all that was stolen. That one instruction that changes everything. First hmm. Samuel chapter 30 verse 8 says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Mm. That was all the Lord said, oh, pursue and you will overtake until you recover all. How many revival meetings have heralded this theme? <laughs> so the Lord told David to pursue and that he would recover everything. But the Lord did not tell David that his victory would be dependent on his love walk. Imagine you just lost your entire family to a kidnap operation and all your properties, laptop, phones, documents, everything. And you have God's permission to chase after them with the assurance of recovering everything. Then some dude comes along and starts talking to you about how uh, his daughter needs some medication for her cold and that he needs some assistance from you. I mean, how would you react? Back to David. As David and his men began to pursue after the Amalekites, they found a man who was famished in the fields. To be honest, his famishment was not supposed to be their business. 
They had their entire clan and families to rescue. Who cares if some person is hungry, right? But not David. David attended to him, gave him bread, water, and cakes made with figs and raisins. Remember their homes had been raided. They would definitely have gone great heights and lengths to find that meal for the man. <clears throat> also, this is an aside. Brothers need to know how to cook too. Because all the mothers and wives were gone, yet this deadly casey emerged. <laughs> okay, food for thought, food for thought. But then there was an unusual patience about it, about these men. The mind-blowing part is that David did not know the identity of the young man before he did him good. That means he had no expectation of a reward or benefit from the good he was rendering to the man. And he did this when he was experiencing one of the worst days of his life. King Akish's ally had betrayed him three days before. His family had been stolen. His men were about to stone him. Yet, this man, David, cared about a man he never knew from Adam. He didn't do this after his family had been rescued though. He did it at the most unlikely time for pleasantries and hospitality. Moreover, every hour spent caring for this man was one more hour away from the Amalekites. And there was absolutely no justifiable reason why David would act so kindly. Many of us give ourselves excuses to act nasty towards others on our bad days. Like, what betides that colleague that tries to make a joke on us the day we, the day we get a query? Or the subordinate that chooses to ask his silly questions on the day your wife offends you? <laughs> but David had his wives kidnapped, his children taken, his men raided, and he still had the composure to help a needy man when he himself was in fact a lot needier. Such a man. After David and his men revived this man, that was when they realized that he was an Egyptian who was actually a servant of one of the Amalekites that raided Ziklag. Of course, he was more than willing to lead them to the tent of spoils. To think that his master had left him because he was sick, a prospering master did not have the kind virtue to help his sick servant, someone who had served him for a season. Hmm. Reminds me of a certain centurion who did the exact opposite. And yet, a man in distress would help a man he had never met before. Indeed, kindness has nothing to do with how much you've got in your account or how good things are going for you. Kindness is a heart disposition that isn't affected by conditions. Had he helped his sick servant, David doesn't get the intel about their location and doesn't smite them with the sword. Mm. The kindness you're not showing is costing you. So, David showed kindness on one of his worst days in life. How much kindness do you show, even on your best days? Mm -hmm. But here's the catch. God told David to pursue, that he would recover all, but never revealed to David how the recovery would happen. Listen, friends, it doesn't matter how clearly you see you heard God. Your love walk is either undermining the victory that instruction is designed to accomplish or aiding it. You cannot be led of God into victory whilst negating the tenets of love. How many clear instructions have been sabotaged by an unforgiving spirit? 
how many clear instructions from the throne of grace have been undermined by a mean attitude, a rude response, a dismissive look? How many? God will give the instruction, no, but love will pave the way into victory. Some instructions will be clear, others will be implied in your love work. You will never hear some types of instructions from God. Only a heart grade of kindness can entertain a dimension of the Godhead that will unlock the blessings you seek, the way Abraham entertained angels unaware. Could it be then that the pathway to recovering Ziklag isn't particularly straightforward? It isn't just, God told me this, or oh, I did that, and there it is. It's often a matter of, God told me this, I served my brothers, I forgave my boss, I interpreted dreams for strangers. And there it is. Ziklag's rescue is often found in the zigzag. I hope this blessed your heart like it did mine. Do well to share it with someone that you love. God bless your heart. Have a kindness-filled week. Amazing. You listened to the end. And we believe that was a good word for you. Kindly share this to bless someone. See you next week.